Hey, Mike Baker here. Well, spring is in full swing, and for millions of folks, that means yard work and gardening, am I right? Now, here's a pro tip for those of you looking to spruce up your landscaping. Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the U.S. They've got over 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. Save yourself the time and trouble of multiple trips to those crowded nurseries. You know what I'm talking about. Fast Growing Trees is a complete time saver. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all, and it's delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. They can tell you what grows best in your area, how to plant, when to plant. It's like having your own expert gardener. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And listeners to the President's Daily Brief can get an extra 15% off by using promo code PDB at checkout. So go to FastGrowingTrees.com and use promo code PDB at checkout. It's January 6th. You're listening to the President's Daily Brief. I'm your host and former CIA officer, Brian Dean Wright. Your morning intel starts now. A good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. I've got four briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First, a major arrest in Mexico could actually lead to higher tomato prices in America. I'll explain that strange connection. Second, Joe Biden announced major changes to America's immigration policies yesterday, and they look a lot like Trump's. Third, a company out of Israel is hoping to address America's mega drought in the Southwest. We'll talk about their proposed solution. Fourth, an update on the COVID outbreak in China. We've got some data showing the latest, plus why you should care. Later, we close out the podcast with something unusual. I'm going to talk to you about some training manuals from the U.S. government on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And they include guidance at NASA that personal feelings are more important than data. But before we get to that, which is crazy, we got to get started with this. A very important Mexican cartel member was captured yesterday in the state of Sinaloa. And depending on how violent the response gets by his fellow cartel members, we could see trade interruptions from that state, which right now is sending large amounts of tomatoes to the United States. Now, more on that in a second. Meanwhile, here's what we know about this arrest. Yesterday afternoon, Mexican Army and National Guard troops surrounded and captured Ovidio Guzman, the 32-year-old son of Joaquin Guzman, who is better known as El Chapo. So that man, El Chapo, headed the Sinaloa cartel for over 25 years until the year 2017, when he too was captured and later sent to the United States. He was then convicted of a slew of different drug charges and sent to the Supermax prison in Colorado for life. So with good old dad in prison, his two sons took over the cartel's lucrative drug trade, mostly methamphetamine, now fentanyl. And I'll tell you, I do mean lucrative. The U.S. government has alleged that the boys oversee at least 11 illegal laboratories that produce over 5,000 pounds of meth a month. Say nothing to the fentanyl and other drugs. Well, as you can imagine, for years, the U.S. DEA and FBI have been pushing the Mexican government to arrest these two kids of El Chapo. And actually, they did. They snatched one of them back in 2019. But he was very quickly freed by the Mexicans when his fellow cartel members flooded the streets and threatened to kill family members of military personnel if he wasn't let go. So he was released and has been on the run ever since. Except... Not any longer. 
He has been flown to somewhere in Mexico with federal prosecutors now deciding next steps. Possibly that could include sending him to the United States, just like his dad a number of years ago. But as of this morning, his cartel is going into overdrive with violence to try to get him back. The Sinaloa cartel has set up at least 19 roadblocks in the city where he was captured, including near a key airport and outside of a local military base. The state government there has also warned residents to seek immediate shelter and stay there. Schools and local government buildings will be closed until further notice. To give you a sense of just how tense things are down there, a commercial airliner was trying to take off yesterday, but came under fire because the cartel members mistakenly believed that their captured comrade was on that flight. Thank God no one was hurt except for the plane's bullet-ridden fuselage. So folks, that is the latest on this breaking story with much more to come. In the meantime, let's talk about the three reasons for why we should care about this and what might happen next. First, uh, just some free advice. If you have any travel plan to Mexico, well, maybe don't. At least for the next couple of days anyway, until we get this sorted out. Second, you might be wondering to what extent this will help slow the drugs that are pouring into America. Unfortunately, it won't. Not by much. Now, to be clear, it is an important arrest, and the Sinaloa cartel will be distracted and scattered for a while, but it'll rebound. Meanwhile, and this is the important piece, this arrest gives an opening to their main rival, the notoriously violent cartel called the Jalisco New Generation Cartel. I gave you a brief on these guys a long time ago, back on May 13th, but to refresh our memories on these guys, the cartel's members will kill and eat the body parts of opposing cartel members or their families, all as a warning to back off of their turf. So the bottom line is that this Jalisco New Generation cartel might move pretty quickly in the chaos of this moment to seize more turf or even attack Sinaloa members and push them out. And if that does occur, if we see an uptick in violence, well, that could lead to the third reason for why we should care, and that is trade. The state of Sinaloa exports a bunch of different products to the United States, most especially shrimp and actually right now, tomatoes. A lot of America's winter supply of tomatoes comes from that region with a harvest that starts in December and goes through May. So I'll keep my eye on the fallout from this arrest to include how it could affect your grocery bill, of all things. Uh, one other thing before I let you go on this one. If I could just offer some informed opinion. We should really be asking ourselves, why is this arrest happening? Why right now? Because Reuters News Service is reporting that uh, the son uh, was under surveillance for at least six months. So as we think about that and ask, well, why didn't, why didn't they arrest him over the past six months? Consider this. Next week, Mexico's President Lopez Obrador is hosting Joe Biden and Canada's Justin Trudeau for a very big fancy meeting. On the agenda is the drug trade and cartels. So this arrest, based on conversations I've had with folks that I trust, it was absolutely planned to give the Mexican president a very strong defense against any criticism on those two issues of drug trade and cartels. In other words, this arrest was really about political theater. But nevertheless, I will still keep you posted. For our second update this morning, we're going to stick with politics and Mexico because Joe Biden made a very important announcement about America's southern border yesterday as he too is preparing for that big visit to Mexico City next week. 
Mr. Biden said yesterday at the White House that he was changing the asylum process. And as it turns out, that means he's reverting back to many of the same policies that were embraced under the Trump administration. So let's go through this new list of policies with four key takeaways. First, Biden is now embracing Trump's transit ban. And that means that if you're an asylum seeker, you must now stop in the first safe country after you leave your home. You can't just come straight to America. In other words, if let's say you are in Honduras and you'd like to flee to America, uh-uh, you're not allowed. You have to first stop in either El Salvador, Guatemala, or Belize and ask for asylum there. And if you don't, and you manage to get to America, well, your asylum application will be immediately rejected. All right, next. Asylum seekers must now go to an official port of entry to apply for asylum. No bum rushing the border and then claiming asylum with a border patrol officer. Third, Biden has expanded Trump's policy, commonly known as Title 42, which has previously allowed authorities to immediately reject illegal migrants and asylum seekers due to concerns related to public health. In this case, we're talking about covid a lot of irony on this one. Joe Biden previously sued to abandon the use of Trump's Title 42, but now he's expanding it. All right. Fourth, and perhaps the most controversial of Biden's decisions, is about asylum seekers from the countries of Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. Effective immediately, if you're from any of those countries and you come to the border, you will be sent back without question. Instead, you must apply for asylum, usually at the U.S. Embassy or consulate in your home country, and await a decision. Plus, to qualify, you have to have certain financial support and family connections inside the U.S. By the way, Biden is calling this new system humanitarian parole. Now, here's the especially controversial part. The U.S. will consider upwards of 30,000 of these applications per month which is still potentially hundreds of thousands of people annually. So folks, there are your four key takeaways, which by the way, takes us to the reactions of Biden's announcement. As you would expect, they're all mixed, although actually mostly negative, even from his own party. For instance, Democrat Senator Robert Menendez of New Jersey slammed Biden's new series of policies, saying that they will quote, exclude migrants fleeing violence and persecution who do not have the ability or economic means to qualify for the new parole process, end quote. He added that, quote, the transit ban erases the words and values etched in the Statue of Liberty, end quote. All right, there you have it. Those are the facts and the data this morning about the big Biden announcement on the border. Let's now quickly pivot to analysis and my counsel to you. So let's just ask this. Why is this happening? Why right now? Because we have had a collapsed border for several years, record numbers of illegals. Biden could have done this ages ago. Well, let me remind you of how we opened this brief. Joe Biden is traveling to Mexico next week and probably the southern border too. Well, in both cases, illegal migration will be on the agenda. So by doing this now, it helps him deflect the questions and frankly, the righteous criticism of his years of open border policies. But I think there's another reason here, too. Biden's been facing intense pressure from his own party on this issue, though mostly behind closed doors. 
So do you remember a couple of days ago when I briefed you on Colorado's Democrat Governor Jared Polis announcing that he would bus his state's illegals to the cities of Chicago and New York? And if you recall, the mayors of those towns were not happy. Well, let me give you a couple of new quotes that have come out since I briefed you on that. On Wednesday, New York City's mayor said, quote, at one time we had to deal with Republican governors sending migrants to New York, but now we're dealing with Democrat governors sending migrants to New York. And that is just unfair, end quote. He then went on to blast the Biden administration, too, saying, amongst other things, quote, why don't you tell the federal government to fix this mess that they have created? It's unacceptable, end quote. Meanwhile, Chicago's mayor, Lori Lightfoot, is now on the record saying that she's tired of keeping quiet about this immigration crisis, all to avoid, quote, embarrassing the family, end quote. Of course, referring there to Biden and her own party. In other words, folks, Democrat mayors around the country are buckling under the tsunami of illegal migrants. Although, ironically enough, they were formerly very proud to call themselves sanctuary cities or sanctuary states. Oh, but how things have changed. In other words, folks, my analysis here is that Mr. Biden's new policies are not done out of principle. Rather, as we would expect probably from any politician, to be fair, he's doing it because of politics. With that, ladies and gentlemen, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I've got two more critical pieces of news for you. So hang tight and we will be right back. Mike Baker here. I want to talk about, well, nobody's favorite subject, and that's debt. Now, being in debt is, well, it's like sinking in quicksand. You're trapped. You, you feel helpless. And the harder you struggle, the deeper in debt you can get. Now, if you're trapped in debt, let me suggest a solution. Done with debt. Now, Done With Debt has created a brilliant new strategy with one goal in mind, getting you out of debt quickly and permanently. Done With Debt stops the struggle. First, they stand between you and your bill collectors. Then, they negotiate a plan to end your debt permanently, without bankruptcy and, and without loans. They get you out of debt quickly and put more cash in your pocket monthly. But you need to contact Done With Debt right away because some debt solutions, well, they expire and you don't want to miss out. It's easy to get started. Go to donewithdebt.com and get a free consultation. You have nothing to lose. Talk with one of their experts and discover a strategy that could end your debt faster and easier than you thought possible. Visit donewithdebt.com. That's donewithdebt.com. Mike Baker here. I want to take just a minute to talk about something of real importance to you and your family's financial well-being, and that's life insurance. Look, I know it's not everyone's favorite topic, and and a lot of folks avoid talking about it or they put it off thinking it's too costly or too complicated or you'll get to it some other day. And it's true. Finding the right policy on your own can be time consuming and complex. But I'm here to tell you, life insurance is an important safety net for your family. And that's why I'm happy to tell you about Policy Genius. Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, for me, having an appropriate life insurance policy, well, it means less stress, less worry. I know that my amazing wife and our kids will be properly taken care of and provided for should something happen to me. Now, back when I was in the market for life insurance, and that was a while back, 
I did my searching the old-fashioned way. Lots of telephone calls, paperwork, faxes, maybe even a beeper. I would have loved to have Policy Genius to streamline the whole process. Policy Genius helps you compare all your options from top companies and provides a team of unbiased, licensed experts to walk you through the decision-making. You can compare quotes with just a few clicks, find just the right policy, and Bob's your uncle. And they've got thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Welcome back to the PDB. I've got two more critical pieces of news for you this morning. We're actually going to stay on America's southern border for our third brief, but this one's got some good news to it, a potential solution to the water crisis that's affecting America's southwest, with Arizona in particular focus. So for this brief, you might want to pull out a map, either on your phones, your computers, or in your mind. And I want you to find a little town in the Sonoran state called Puerto Peñasco although locals usually call it Rocky Point. And it is there in that small town that an Israeli company has proposed building a massive desalination plant costing $5 billion, all to pull salt water out of the Sea of Cortez and send most of it north to Arizona. The total volume here is pretty substantial. There's enough water to service over 1 million homes annually, or even more. Now, there would need to be some new pipelines built, two smaller ones to service two Mexican cities, but the main artery would feed north from Rocky Point through what you can see on your maps is the area called Oregon Pipe National Monument, continues north on State Route 85 to Buckeye, Arizona, and then from there, they're going to have to build two big new reservoirs, and those would feed an existing series of canals that would in turn tap into the greater Phoenix and Tucson communities along with the agricultural base of Pinal County. So I flagged this development for you because, as PDB listeners know, there is a historic drought affecting the Southwest, which has hammered the normal supply of water coming from both the Colorado River and native aquifers. So bringing in this much water would allow some very important breathing room for the Colorado and help replenish those local aquifers. Plus, that agricultural area in Pinal County would get a critical boost of water as they're now scrambling for irrigation to keep producing the $1 billion annually of fruits and vegetables that they grow in that area. Now, to be fair, there are some pretty reasonable concerns with this plan. The $5 billion price tag is certainly one. Although this is interesting, the Israeli firm has agreed to finance the entire thing, but the state of Arizona has to agree to a 100-year contract to buy that water at a set price. Which, speaking of, desalinized water is very spendy stuff, around $2,500 per acre foot, which, to give you some perspective here, fresh water from these same Arizona canals can run you $200 per acre foot. And then there's the issue of the brine. When you take all that salt out of the seawater, well, you got to put that salt somewhere, now, most of the time, it's dumped back into the sea, which might not seem like that big of a deal, but the amount of salt collected in these kinds of projects can be very damaging to the local water ecosystem when it's dumped. Still, all in all, it's an interesting solution to the water crisis in the Southwest because there haven't been too many other great plans. 
And if this one happens to move forward, well, water could be flowing as early as the year 2027. Both the Mexican government and Arizona authorities would have to have that authorized, of course, which, by the way, is starting to happen. Two weeks ago, Arizona's Water Infrastructure Finance Authority passed a non-binding resolution agreeing to the project. The Mexican governor of Sonora has agreed in principle, too. Finally, an update this morning on how things are going in China with their first big COVID outbreak, with a special focus on how that might affect you and consumers around the world. Yesterday, a spokesman for the Chinese embassy in Washington, D.C. was asked about COVID case counts, and the official said, well, we don't know. No idea what they are. Instead, the spokesman said, quote, China has started to collect information through questionnaires and surveys and will continue to disclose information on deaths and severe cases in accordance with the principles of truth, openness and transparency. All right, sure. CNBC, however, is reporting another more honest metric this morning about case counts, and it gives us a far more honest and concrete answer. CNBC's supply chain heat map is showing that orders for ocean bookings to ship products abroad are falling with pretty considerable speed, all because factories are short of workers to produce products. According to the Hong Kong-based shipping firm HLS, 50 to 75% of the labor force in their industry is either infected or caring for an infected family member, which removes, of course, all those folks from the factories and the ports and the transportation networks. So when will things get back to normal? Uh, well, the firm HLS has spoken with assorted factory owners, and the general consensus is probably early to mid-February. That's when factories should be humming right along at normal levels. So that means that you and I could see inventory squeezes here in the United States and globally. And depending on the product, you might see a shortage or two on the shelf. Now, that's probably not a big deal for most U.S. consumers, and that's because, according to the recent data from the U.S. Commerce Department, consumers are pulling back from purchasing products and instead spending more on services. So all in all, I'm going to keep tabs on this issue, given that, well, like it or not, China remains the world's factory. And like it or not, outbreaks there affect us here. Not that we needed a reminder of that. I think we've all lived that nightmare for the past couple of years. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. We'll be right back. Mike Baker here. Let's talk warranties. I know, that's exactly what you were hoping I'd say. Let me ask you this. Would you buy a car without a warranty? No, of course you wouldn't. What about your other important big-ticket purchases? Uh, specifically, your home's appliances and critical systems. Again, the answer should be no. The bottom line is that every day is a good day when you're not worrying about your appliances and home systems. And that's what you get with an American Home Shield warranty. With an American Home Shield warranty, unexpected breakdowns like a leaky faucet or a faulty water heater won't break the bank because covered repairs and replacements are taken care of just like that. And having that sort of reassurance, well, that's peace of mind. Choose a plan that works for you and your budget, and then it's simple. When a covered item in your home breaks, well, you contact American Home Shield, and their trusted and qualified pros will fix or replace it based on the coverage limits in your agreement. So when it comes to protecting your appliances and home systems, don't worry. Get warrantied. Now, I don't know if warrantied is an actual word, but let's go with it. 
For 20% off plans, visit ahs.com slash Mike, M-I-K-E. For more details, see ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. And New Jersey residents, the product being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty, which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The foundations in the line of duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Dozens of golf outings and barbecues. And the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Welcome back to the PDB, folks. I've got one more thing before I let you go. Last week, the Wall Street Journal published a report on training materials belonging to the U.S. government, all advising the workforce about diversity, inclusion, and equity. It was from multiple departments and agencies, even the U.S. military. So the journal was investigating this because they were curious how things were going following Joe Biden's 2021 executive order that mandated this training across the entire U.S. government. So I'd like to give you a few examples of what the journal found of this new culture that your federal government is creating. In the U.S. Army, just as one example, they provided counsel to commanders and units and soldiers about a bunch of things to include transgender soldiers. And when it came to the very delicate issue of showering or open locker rooms, here's what they said. Quote, anyone may encounter individuals in the barracks or bathrooms or shower facilities with physical characteristics of the opposite sex. In other words, men may see soldiers in the showers with um, <clears throat> lady parts and female soldiers may see other soldiers in the showers with um, male parts. And in case there were any doubt about how one should handle this experience, transgender soldiers, quote, are not required or expected to modify or adjust their behavior based on the fact that they do not match other soldiers. Meanwhile, at NASA, and I just, hmm, I want to say this again, at NASA, where they fly things into space, a common leadership mistake, according to this diversity training manual, is saying that data is king. Let me just expand on this. The training manual says, quote, do not demand data in order to accept a person's individual perspective, end quote. Instead, NASA scientists should, quote, value lived experience, end quote, rather than data. The manual goes on, by the way, to warn people at NASA that they cannot say the following phrase, America is a melting pot. Also, NASA employees must never say that people are poor. Instead, uh, people are dealing with economic hardship. All right, with that, folks, 
I'd actually like to do something a little bit unusual. So since I launched this podcast, I have very intentionally avoided social issues. And that's because as with the actual president's daily brief, I and it focuses mostly on domestic and international issues with very clear national security, environmental or economic concerns. But I'm going to make a rare exception here, although it's not really a total stretch. The actual PDB and this podcast are ultimately about flagging risks and threats to the nation. And what is clear is that this training program is a threat to the nation. Because what's happening right now at NASA, for instance, is that we are jeopardizing the world's leading space program and scientific discovery because personal feelings apparently are more important than data. Uh, Folks, think about this. NASA is now building a culture where managers who are trying to get us to the moon or Mars must give lived experience more value than mathematical facts. And and I want to be honest about this. The U.S. Army stuff is also incredibly awful. I think we can all imagine some very bad outcomes from that. But the whole thing is just utter madness. And just to be clear, the U.S. Army stuff is incredibly awful as well. I think we can all imagine some very bad outcomes with that. But this whole thing with NASA is just utter madness. You don't fly space shuttles and satellites without facts and data. And yet, because of Joe Biden's orders, we're now giving priority to personal feelings at NASA. (laughs) Come on, folks. mm, We are living in a time of hysteria. All right, we are living in a time of mass psychosis. And I just want to empower you to state the truth. None of this is normal. None of this is right. And none of this is acceptable. Folks, if you'd like, I would encourage you to read this training manual or all the material and do it for yourselves. Judge for yourselves. You'll find the ultimate article in the Wall Street Journal entitled The U.S. Government's Woke Training. Follow the hyperlinks to the actual training manuals. And I really hope you do. And I hope that we all consider the magnitude of what is happening in our government right now. Because I'll tell you, it's no way to run a military. And it is no way to run a space agency. And in my view, it is no way to run a nation. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes your morning brief. As always, we close out the show reminding each other of why we are here, talking about our country and our world. It's the creed of every good spy and every smart American. It's from John chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day. 
we think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are, and it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day, and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith.